The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm chapter 105, as we take a few minutes in God's word, if you remember over the last couple of episodes, uh, David is bringing the Ark of Covenant back to Israel. And so while he's doing this, he's written this psalm of praise, praising God and thanking him for his faithfulness, for the fact that he has remembered his promise and how he treats Israel, this chosen nation. And in that, he kind of goes, he goes through, not kind of, he goes through the history of much of what is Israel's come through to get to where they are. And as his king, he's rehearsing not only the history of Israel, but all God's hand through all of it and why he did some of the things he did. And we're going to look at one of those again in next step in, in, in chapter 105, beginning in verse 23. Now we're going to finish the chapter, but I'm not going to read every verse. And one of the reasons is, is for time predominantly, much of this chapter breaks down a list of the things, the 10 plagues that Jesus brought or the God brought into uh, Egypt at that time. So I'm not going to rehash all of them. I encourage you to read them. It's interesting to see how they were repeated in here, but it's a repeat of them. So, but let's just start in verse 23. Israel also came into Egypt. Now Israel, of course, is Jacob renamed. And so Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. And this is God increased. I mean, he turned their heart to hate his people, to deal subtly with his servants. And then he sent Moses a servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen, and they showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. And then, of course, starts into a list of the plagues that he brought. So what happens is, he says, Israel and Jacob, they'd come in there to live, to be protected from this um, famine. Now, we know that Joseph had gotten them a great, great land, and they went to live there because all that Joseph had done for uh, this famine and for this time, basically making Egypt one of the most powerful and profitable lands in the known world at the time. And so in thanking them, they gave his father and his land one of the best places that they could have as shepherds. Again, shepherds unique because shepherds were really looked down upon by those people at that time. But because of all that Joseph had done, they blessed, his people were blessed because of it. So they get out there and they grew. And actually it says they grew so much that they outnumbered, they began to outnumber the Egyptians. They became more powerful. What we know is what happened was, obviously Joseph had passed away off the scene as many generations later. And now you've got this new leadership and man, they're, they don't, they're nervous. They're nervous about the Hebrew people taking over, and so they start, they, they enslave them, they make them slaves, and they force them to work for them. And a lot of times you say, why would God make Egypt not really a big fan of the Jewish people? Can I give you a thought that I believe to be true in this situation that I think is important for us in great application? One of the things that I know God, we will look at this is Israel came, they became very comfortable. They became comfortable in their settings, comfortable in a place that was only supposed to be temporary. They were only supposed to be in Egypt for a period of time and then ultimately go back home. Even Joseph said, when you go home, take my bones with you, take my body with you. So it was a temporary setting point, but, it, but the Jewish people got comfortable. They liked the, the comfort of the land they were in. They liked everything that, that that area had to offer and they didn't necessarily see the need to go back down to Canaan. So they stayed. And God is saying, yes, you, you are not necessarily uncomfortable, at least until you became slaves, but you're missing out, one, on the land that I've given you, on the promises. You're not where I want you to be. And you've accepted not really enjoying what it means to be my people in the land that I've given you. Really, they were missing out. They, they got uncomfortable enjoying what was there. There was so much more for them to be offered in the land of Canaan, but they didn't want to go. 
because they've been comfortable. The, dis, the idea of moving and uprooting and, oh, no, 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 let's just stay here. And so God, in his desire to say, listen, you're supposed to go back, and they didn't. He goes, I'm, I'm going to make the people who you are living with not like you very much, simply because the goal was for them to go home, and they wouldn't do it. Now then what happens is, as all this happenings, and they're enslaved for a while, finally, the Israeli people said, they turned their eyes on God and said, we, we want to turn to you. They'd heard of all that God has done, want to turn to you, and so God sent Moses and Aaron. God sent Moses and Aaron to warn them, and then all these signs and wonders, which we now know as the ten plagues. So let's move uh, to verse 38. It says, Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them, for all the dis disaster that had come upon Egypt. Verse 39, he spread a cloud. This is what God did for, Egypt, for Israel as they were traveling through the wilderness away from Pharaoh. He goes, he spread a cloud for a covering and a fire to give them light at night. So he protected them. He guided them with this cloud by day and fire by night to protect them from their enemies and to guide them in the right direction. He did this while they were traveling. Verse 40, the people asked, and he brought quail and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. So he continued to feed them every day in the wilderness. Verse 41, he opened the rock and the waters gushed out. They ran in dry places like a river. He opened the one thing that doesn't have rock or water, rock, and he gave it to them. So he took care of their needs. Verse 42, he remembered his holy promise and Abraham, his servant. And he brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness and gave them the lands of the heathen and they inherited the labor of the people that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise he the Lord. He goes, they went back and God blessed them with all the labor of the people in the area. He gave them all the blessing. They didn't have to go back and rebuild the area. They just inherited what had been done. And God gave them all of that. And granted, this is 40 years later when they walked through the wilderness and all of these other things came. And finally, they were able to come. What was the point? That they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise he the Lord. That's why they were brought out. He sees these things as simplistic, but God never intended them to stay. Can we give a very simplistic perspective that in our world, and this is, I hope, hope we understand how, this, how we're going to come with this. In our world today, it is so easy to become comfortable, especially as Americans, that you know, we're, not, we're not as wealthy. There's other people around us, much more wealth, much more comfort if we can use that. But generally speaking, I think we all understand, as in, in the realm of the world, we're comfortable, we're wealthy. In comparison, we, we enjoy some things generally most people uh, see, uh, we see it as general, they see it as a benefit. And yet it's easy for us to say, I'm comfortable here, I don't need to change, I don't need to sacrifice, I don't need to do. And the idea of maybe giving to God or sacrificing for God or serving or, or uh, what happens is we become content with these temporal things, we lose sight of the eternal. That's the simple point. We've become so content with the temporal things around us of just all the comforts of our current world, we've lost sight of the eternal. And then when, when the world seems to kind of get out of hand, we, we go nuts. We have a hard time with it because our, our livelihood, our identity, everything about us is based upon the comforts of our current life. And when we begin to lose some of them, man, that becomes frustrating. And God may use these things to help us to realize, not that we should be miserable here, but we need to remember this is temporary. And I'm, I'm talking, number one, permanently. Our, our home and what we should be looking forward to is heaven not earth. This is a temporary place, and God has blessed us and allowed us to be comfortable while we're here, but ultimately it's heaven, so we should live in light of that eternal home and not be consumed, because when we become consumed with all the things of the world, we miss out eternity. We miss out on worshiping God or the investment into other people and, and, and reaching out to souls, and we miss out on that because we've become comfortable here, and Satan wants us to be comfortable here. 
So God had to kind of shake them up a little bit to help them to realize this is not your home. You know, there's a lot of things going on in life today that most of us would say are not comfortable. Inflation's up, gas prices up, groceries up, everything's up. I'm not saying God's doing this, but God may be using uh, the current circumstances in our country to say, listen, this is not your home. Don't be so consumed in this that you miss out in Him. We don't change who we are. Stop going to church or stop doing this because of all the other things in the world. We keep our eyes on Jesus. And we actually focus our eyes on Jesus more and not allow the things of the world to consume us. Why? He, even, even in the wilderness, while these children of Israel kind of fought against Moses and fought against God, he still protected them, still provided for them. God is so long-suffering, ultimately, that we, they might observe his statutes, keep his laws. That's what he wants from us. He just wants us to worship him by choice. And now going the wrong direction, he says, I have something great for you. And you, so often we settle for less of all that God wants to give to us. You know, uh, we're all going to be affected by the circumstances in our life right now. And there's nothing we can do about that. We have to trust God and allow him to provide. But may we not be so consumed with the effects and the circumstances of life right now that we miss out that really our eyes need to be on him still. He's focusing on him. That even when we just keep our eyes on this, God still loves us. Let's just get our eyes off of this current circumstance on him. You know, we do our best, obey him, and let him deal with all of these circumstances for which we have little to no control over. Yeah, we can vote, and you know, yesterday we did that. Many of you probably did, went out and voted yesterday. We have that, but ultimately it's in his hands. And so we continue to do our best and continue to ask God to help us to make wise decisions and to go in the right direction. Hope, you, hope, you, uh, hope you're inspired or challenged by that thought that our eyes are focused on him, not on the temporal things. If we get caught in the temporal things, it can become extremely overwhelming. If we get our eyes focused on him, it's a whole different perspective. And we can see this world as temporary and see these things become as, yeah, they're great, but they're just temporary. Ultimately, heaven is where our, our final home is. Thanks for joining us today on this Wednesday edition. Again, we invite you to join us tonight at 7 o'clock here on, in person or online. And we hope you join us and hope that will be encouragement to you. Again, thanks for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you next time.